Hey, morning. How are you doing? <laughs> so my name is Sabata Pereira. <laughs> and the pastors are Pastor Easy, Pastor Lena, and Alan. And we are part of the preaching team, like with John and everybody. And it's kind of very funny. It's like I, I'm right now, like there is, it's kind of like the presence is there of God is here. I'm just waiting to know which way to go. You see, it's funny. I have the points. I, I like to write stuff, but then I like to be open-ended in that way. And right now, it just feels like, put the first picture up. I'll start here. So a friend of mine in Pittsburgh sent me a bunch of these pictures. And one of the things, the beauty of these birds are in harsh winter, they tend to still stay in the cold over there. And let's see, their names are over there. It's like I didn't know many of them, right, other than the blue jay, right? I was like, oh, okay, that's blue jay. Okay, remaining is like, you know, I just heard the names, and I was like, what? But all these birds, even in the most cruel winter, decide to stay in that winter. They don't migrate. And when I looked at that, I was like, hmm. And each of them are very unique, right? You see the way that how they look, the sounds that they make. Like he told me that the downy is one of the most like horrible sounding noise. It's like pestering. And, and I was like, okay, I don't even know. Like I didn't even go. I, I said, I believe you. But each of them have a very unique sound. And the way, like when you look at them, it reminds you of us, right? There is a classical music piece. So quote when it's, I think it's Phil Glass, right? And it, all they do is they have a room like this, and whatever the sound in this room is becomes what John Kay, right? And that becomes the music. So imagine if we are all sitting in this room, worship's going on, however we are worshiping, in tune, out of tune, tambourine, no tambourine, flags, even your breath, even you being in this room is part of that music. It becomes that music. So you can shuffle, you can crumple paper, you can do whatever you want. You're still part of that music. You see, in God, when we gather together, everything that we do, it becomes a part of our worship unto him. You only being over here, you know, it, I'll, I'll tell you this. I come from a very like, hey, let's do this, right? Uh, so when I got saved, it was like, yeah, worship with all your heart. Like nothing has to be left. There is no tomorrow. We're breaking ourselves. We're throwing everything we have. Like, I don't know. The minute I step out of this room, I should have had laid everything out, and that's it. If I die when I walk out of this room, I know it is done. Okay, that's the style, Right. And then it bothers me. It bothered me a lot over years seeing people. I was like, come on, man. Come on, man. Like, you know, literally I would be like, hey, like, why, why? And everybody is different. You see, over time you learn one thing. It's they cannot be who I am. You cannot be who I am. My experiences are different. Your experiences are different. Sometimes, like say Pastor Easy, right? Pastor Easy just being over you at his age is 
the music of the melody and like just being over there is a testimony of who God basically has worked through his life. Do you understand that, what I'm saying now? That you even being in this room, you could have been anywhere you wanted, but you just being in this room have that air, just have that air and just say, just that's it. That's your worship and that's acceptable unto God. You see, it, you, you, our concept sometimes is we become very harsh, we have become very religious about it. Do I love jumping people? Yeah, I love jumping people. Do I love crazy people? Yeah, I love all the crazies. You know, it's like you see everything, right? The first few conferences I went, I remember this guy, he was doing like kung fu unto God. And, and then I hear this swish, and I literally ducked. And luckily I ducked because it was those wooden bars, like that wooden stick just swishing over my head. I would have been out, right? You know, I would have been knocked out. And they'll say, oh, he got slain in the spirit. Yeah, he killed me in the spirit. <laughs> but that, that's how it is. Sometimes it's like, you know, we just have every form, every exuberance, and we, and we have to take everything. So even with all these different kinds of birds, all this, we become a symphony unto God. There is a uniqueness about each one. Like if I show you this picture, each of you would like a different bird. You'd like a different style of worship. You'd like a different kind of melody. You'd like a different, some it's like, you know, you like it and you don't like it. That's fine. But to God, each of you are so unique. It's like a very unique thing he put into you that what you basically have. And I was messing with Kirk yesterday. I was like, Kirk, you sound more like a shofar man, like, you know, loud shout blast. Beep, 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 beep. Like, you know, I was like, yeah. And then it's like, you know, but this is how we are, right? It's just who we are. We have to understand that part of it. And this is where it is. The uniqueness of your worship is your identity, which no one can replicate. What you bring, not anybody in this world can bring. So think of it again. Every time you walk into a place of worship, whether you come to church or whether you're sitting and drinking your coffee and you're worshiping God, every time you come over there, what you bring, only you can bring. Nobody else can bring. There is not one living person who can bring what you can bring. So do not cut yourself short. God has a value of your worship. There is a value, there is a premium of what you can bring. I, I, Jay is my hero of late. You know, Jay, I, I try to mimic you, Jay, but I don't get that, you know, bang on the enemy. So Jay, Jay has this, like, uniqueness. Now, you got to understand, Jay is working out, and that muscle shows, and when he hits, it's like he's banging on that, right? But I can't do that, but hey, he's still my hero. It's like, you know, when it's suddenly I feel that inside just bubble up, I was like, bang on the enemy. Like even if I step on it, it's like, you know, because something within us just is what God put within us. You see, and so it's like at that point, you have to be ready to release what God releases within you. I believe that God's calling us, come closer, because I heard God this morning, and he said, come undone. He said, come undone. And what is the most funniest part was, you laugh at this, if, I'll date myself. I had to play a Duran Duran song called Come Undone. Can you imagine? 
God basically speaks through Duran Duran's. I had to write it down because the last part of it, that chorus, who do you need, who do you want when you come undone? Really? In our worship, when we come undone, it's a point of where we're emptying ourselves out. And when we come undone, brings us to the brink of everything who we are, identity. And it says at that point, what is the one thing that we desire? What is that one thing that we need? What is that one thing that we want? To a lot of people, it's like, I need another $100. I'm this much short. To somebody, it's like, hey, I need to live. I need healing. You see, everything is very different. And God basically saying, hey, come to that point where you're undone. And, and him calling us, drawing closer, is one of that. Who do you need? Who do you want when you come undone? And I believe that because the, the word that the Holy Spirit also gave was break the mold. In the sense, his understanding is when we have this mold, John basically preached a few weeks ago and he said this, our reasonings give us a definition of like, you know, what the box looked like. Oh, this is safe. This is all I know. And when we come undone, it's bursting at the seams. And sometimes the old wine skin it has to burst at the seams for the new, basically, for the new wine to come. And what we have done is we have tried to bring this old, new wine into this old and won't work. I have news for you, and that's the train shaking, just letting you know. <laughs> but <laughs> I just felt it for the first time I felt it now. <laughs> it's like, oh. But I, I believe that as God wants to make us come undone, he's drawing us with the thing is to basically come undone. So we come face to face with our weakness to know is that that weakest point where he wants to be a strength. And at that point, he wants to basically say, hey, this is where you are. This is what you really need. And I am that what you need. So it's kind of funny. It's like we have our replacements and, you know, that's not the real thing. And we fill it with other stuff. And God basically is inviting us to that point. It's like, come undone. What, is, what I wrote over here, it is like our worship. It is as unique as our fingerprint. Our circumstances and us are variables. But God alone is constant. In this whole worship process, we come with our issues, we come with our worries, we come with, oh, I didn't sleep last night, oh, I did, like everything. We all come with different things. And all those are variables. When you realize that your worship is unto him, he alone is constant. It doesn't matter where you are, how you worship, what you worship, how much, how high you jump, because it's unto him. Unto him shall the gathering of the people be. You see, everything we're doing is unto him. Let it be an offering unto him. Whatever you do, whether you do good works, whether you do anything, it's like unto him. Uh, so because of this, it's one, one morning I got up at like, I think three, and I called a friend in Kuwait. Okay, so if you didn't know, I was born in Kuwait, and I got saved in Kuwait, and I still have friends in Kuwait. And I called this guy, and he goes, he's like, dude, what was the song we learned? 
all of us learned a song because they, my brother and this guy were learning to play the guitar, right? And all of us learned this one song, uh, You Are My Hiding Place. Do you remember the song? You are my hiding place. And it's funny, and that song is my favorite song, all-time favorite, okay? All-time favorite, I'll say that also. Maybe Hallelujah, Benny Hinn, you know. That is number one, because do you know the beauty of that? I'll explain to you. But let me start here. This, you are my hiding place. I was saved as a Catholic, right? So as a Catholic, when I got saved, I had no idea, no concept of what Christianity is other than being a Catholic all my life. That's all I knew. And then we basically were told, if you die, you can't be buried in this you know, graveyard. And, and so my dad was like, that's fine. You're still going to follow God if our body is thrown on this thing. After we died, who cares? And the funnier thing is my dad's body, after they even buried him, they don't know where they buried him in India. So I was like, yeah, I think he prophesied that over himself. <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> really, we couldn't find it. With every documentation and where they, you know, they put in, we couldn't find his body. And we're like, okay. That's sometimes, you know, we pay so much attention to the detail is where we're going to be buried and all that, and really, doesn't really matter. And in that sense, it's like, I was pretty fearful in that sense because I was like, I don't know what I'm getting into. All I know is that I've fallen in love with Jesus, and I have no idea. This song would basically, every time I sing the song, and I wrote the words, you are, you are my hiding place. You always fill my heart with songs of deliverance. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. I will trust in you, you know. I will trust in you. And then it goes, let the weak say, I am strong in the strength of our Lord. It is one of the most funniest things that these songs are not just songs that randomly pop up in our life. These songs are songs which are sung over us by God. And we basically connect in with that and we just say, yeah, this is our prayer. It's like you understand rain falls, rain comes down and then it evaporates and it goes back. That's a cycle. It's, it's everything originates from God. God's put this song we sing the song back, it goes up as our worship, it comes back again. You see, and we have the cycle of worship. See, I'm all about process. Okay, if you didn't understand me, I'm not about like, let's do this, let's say this. Blah, blah, blah. I want you to understand the process because it is, you can replicate it. You see, because I'm not about, I'm carrying my presence, I'm here, I have the anointing, boom, we are going to break this. I want you to carry this process in your heart because you develop your own process, what works best for you. How you worship, that's what I'm saying, is the uniqueness of what you worship is based on your process of reasoning, understanding, and your heart going back unto God. We have that constantly. We have that constantly. The minute we disconnect and we say, no, he can do it, I can't do it. No, 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 no. The same process is applicable to each and every one of us. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead abides in me. That's, that's my verse. It abides in me. So literally, I was reading, I think it was 
I forgot, this morning I was reading John 17, and it says that as God basically loved Jesus, and, you know, I was like, hey, hey, Jesus, he loves Jesus, he loves me. That the glory that he was in Jesus that may be seen in me. As it was in Jesus, as a son of God, the same glory that was seen in Jesus has to be seen in me. It is mine. It's the same thing for you. It's not somebody else's is like, oh, he's more anointed, or she's more anointed. Uh Uh-uh. The same Jesus. You're a son like Jesus. You're a daughter like Jesus. That same Jesus, the glory, what the Father put in Jesus is in you. That's why you can raise the dead. You can raise the dead, right? You can heal the sick. You can heal the lepers. You can cast out the demons, make the blind see, make the deaf hear. We can do each and everything of that because that same glory. And it's funny, it's like that when I say that hallelujah, the, the beauty of this hallelujah in any language in the world is still the same. It's hallelujah. You see, oh, I don't speak that in Hindi. Oh, okay. We'll still sing hallelujah. Oh, I don't speak it in Tagalog. Okay, we'll still sing hallelujah. And what's the beauty of the hallelujah? Even though hallelujah basically is like about praise, at one point in hallelujah, when you just, you know, go down, it's like when that low hallelujah, hallelujah, there is a presence that comes in. It's that creative presence of God. It, see, I, I can say it twice, and I just connect to that very spirit of God in that moment. Because I have, that is what is in heaven, the praise that is going on. That we connect to that constant part of that, what is going on in heaven, and we make it a reality on earth. In that reality, every sickness has to go. So even right now, we just believe that every sickness in this room, every sickness even for people hearing my voice, every people even listening to this in the days to come, we just release the presence of God. The presence of God. So even right now, every kind of cancer, every kind of tumor, out right now in Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah. You know, my most nowadays I get more upset with even simple stuff like sinuses. So I just even right now come against every spirit of sinus, everything right now. Jesus' name. Who are you, pollen? We just negate you. Just negate you. In Jesus' name. Your presence. We step into your presence where there's fullness, where there's healing. Wherever the river flows, there is healing. Whatever the river touches comes to life. And right now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we know Zephaniah 3.17, right? And it says, the Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one. Some places it says, the warrior one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Sometimes we are singing a song which is not our song. We are singing this sometimes. Me, 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 I, 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 I. 
That's all we're singing because all we can see is that little me and little I. And all we're singing constantly of our life is that, from that little thing. But when you realize that God is singing over you, he rejoices over you. See, he's rejoicing over you. He's not sad, Angie, really. That's all we're going to sing. Let us sing a sad song unto the Lord. That's not God's song. He's rejoicing over you. And then you've got to understand, if God's rejoicing, that means heaven is rejoicing. And that is a loud sound. You see? And like, you know, some people don't like loud music and this. I don't also. Right? You know, but there is a loud sound that is happening around you. You know, so when Jay's song, you know, the bang on the enemy, it's not like, it is like crack on the enemy. Like, you know, break that off you. Like, you know, in that sense, it's that, that's how it has to be. You have to connect with that rejoicing where it's violent. Because the violent take it by force. It has to be that kind of David kind of energy where it's like people hate you for being worshiper. Hey. You know, people are like, oh, that's good. You all went to church. Oh, but when that worship becomes in-your-face worship, oh, no, 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 no. Don't bring it here. That, you have to have that kind of way. Your worship is so aggressive in that sense is because it's unto God. It's not to make people feel bad. It's not to say that, oh, I can do this better than you. Oh, I can play the guitar. I have five guitars over here. And, oh, let me play this guitar better and because I'm better than you. No, 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 I'm doing it unto God. You see, everything that you're doing, like, you know, do it unto God. And to me, it's like, so in our worship, right, we move from a place of where we are receivers, right? And like we are just receiving this love of God where he's quietening us with his love. He's, you know, just holding us and he's saying, okay, you can do this, you can do this. And he's saying, you know, and then as a son, he's releasing us and he's saying, hey, and we walk out into like saying, hey, you know, my father said I can do this. I'm able to do this. I'm able to do like, you know, what is in the Bible. Great exploits. Yeah, they're, they're my portion. Nobody can take away my portion. Nobody can take away my inheritance. You see, a lot of people feel like that, that if they tell you what they did, that's why I'm all about the process. Because I'll tell you the process. You have to go through your own battles. Do you realize that? It, it, all I'm giving you is the process, but you have to go through your own battles to develop what is your authority and what is your inheritance. It's all over there. It's there. All of us have the same thing, but the things that we go through are totally different, and we develop a whole new authority which is unique to us. You see, I cannot change some of the things for your life. Sometimes we have to go through that. And this is where, you know, the tenacity, my favorite word, one of my favorite words is tenacity, right? Tenacity will create in you that spring back. You're going to jump back. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter how you feel. Oh, this didn't go my way. Oh, you know, we are like, oh, I'm sorry and all. But no, no, no. Sometimes we need that snap back. We need that tenacity. We say, ah, get up, right? You know, hey. And the kick in the back, like, okay, let's go. Like, you know, but because that's what we're needing at this hour, right? If you understand, like, all these processes and all that, is that sometimes we just say, okay, I can just fold over and I can cry this me, 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 me song 
and I can just go to bed. And then there is the next day. And we do this over a little period of time. We get so used to it that we just don't want to do anything else. Yes, it's all about me, and God loves me, and that. But then God's like, okay, I love you. Now what? It's like, go, get up. So we move from a place of being just takers to a place of being givers. You see, where we are like, our worship is we're giving, but then it's like, what is God saying else? Hey, John, raise the dead. Teach people to raise the dead. It's like, really? I have not raised one person from the dead, but I have to teach people to raise people from the dead? It's like, how's that possible, God? It's like, just teach them the scriptures. They have to go do whatever the scripture says, and that's it. You see, it's, the funny thing is, the, when I was saved, the first person I prayed for was a dead person. <laughs> straight, straight out. I'm in the emergency room. Have you been in an emergency room where you're praying for the dead and they don't care what you're praying? The doctors are working on a dead body, okay? And here I am praying with my little, oh, Lord, please heal this person, raise him from the dead. I don't even know if he's died or alive. Right? Because it's all flatland. And, and in my back of my head, this is how funny it is. You'll know the youth part of me. I was wondering, okay, when he gets up from the dead, where am I going to preach? How am I going to draw everybody to Jesus in the hospital? That, that's what my heart was preparing for. I was not preparing that, oh, I have to focus on this man and he has to do this thing. I just believed in my head that if I lay hands on the sick, I ra- I'm supposed to raise this dead man. And I'm here, and it really, okay, you've got to understand, it really frazzles your mind. Because you're used to, shh, I'm praying, like, you know, like one-on-one, I'm praying and all, right? It's not like that. There are eight, ten people running in. They're shouting and all, and you're just praying. You just So you have to just go like crazy and speak in tongues and like, da, 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 yeah, yeah, da, da, da. like that's it. That's all I knew. And, and he didn't, uh, you know, he didn't get raised from the dead. And we were like, okay, next one. Let's find the next one. But they, and they didn't shut me out of that hospital. And I was saved, what, not even six months. <laughs> you see, you've got to understand this. It's like, you know, we are, we are waiting for this developing a calling card where we are like, oh, we are now, we got a degree. It's on the wall. And now it will say that, okay, now your time will come. Sometimes we don't need all that. Jesus had no calling card and all. He just said, hey, welcome. This is the kingdom of God. You see? And sometimes we have spent enough time Waiting for that one day, where that one day is every day of our life is that one day. You see, we have that authority same day that we got saved, believing on the same Jesus Christ and walking in the same authority that God has given us. There is no one day waiting for us. This is our day. You know, (laughs) I think I like Benny Hinn's program, Pastor Benny's program. This is our day. (laughs) This is our day. This is your day to basically be the sons of God. This is your day for the revelation of the sons and daughters of God. To be wherever you are, to be the sun, to be the light, to be the glory of God that the world will see and declare that, yes, he is truly the living God. See, this is, we we, we have to, you know, feed ourselves with this kind of thing. It's like, otherwise, what happens is that we will just fold over and go back to the little me, 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 me. There's a me, me, me song, by the way. I went and... Googled it. Really? Have you heard it? 
You should go and listen to it. I think it's like one of those K-pop or something, and it's called Me, 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 Me song. Yeah, I, 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 I even I didn't know. And I was like, wow, okay. So, but that. And, and our worship, this is how funny it is. So as, as a person who was just saved and not knowing where and how my life is going to look, right, to me, I would basically just worship and I would be, have some words, right? I'd say, I love you, God. I love you, God. Or, you know, I would say, I love you, God, right? And as you develop, right, you basically just have that. And it became Abba Father. Abba Father. My loving Father, I long to worship you. And that, that became, right? And then it just comes into this next phase of it where it says, just Jesus. Just saying Jesus. You know why I say Jesus? Because it says that when you take that name of Jesus, that the anointing comes over you. It's written in the Bible. Yeah? And you have to, these things at your fingertips... And we never use it. And all I have to say is, Jesus. And I'm connected into that presence of God. I have, I have nothing else. A friend of mine used to be a priest at a, a, I guess you call it a Kali temple. I don't know if you know that. It's a black goddess who has multiple hands. She's carrying all these severed heads and swords and everything. And he used to be one of the priests to that, right? And so when he got saved, the first few nights were horrible for him, that the spirits would come to kill him, literally come to choke him, and all he could say was, Jesus, and boom, and he literally got saved, really, because all he did, this is, he, he was not yet saved, all he did was somebody gave him a little New Testament in a park, and he just opened it and read it, and these people were like upset, like the spirit was upset, that hey, he just read that, he was still following what he was doing. And they still came to kill him because they knew that the truth was in that word. And when it basically tried to kill him two, three times, and he said Jesus, and he also doesn't know why he said Jesus. Just all he knew, what that little he read, that Jesus, the name Jesus saves. And he screamed literally Jesus. And he got instantly like, you know, it would leave him. He walked up to these high priests and he told these high priests over there, like, hey guys, I served this goddess a lot of years, and if this is what you're going to do to me, uh, this is what I'm basically going to get for just reading a book, and that power is through over there, I'm going over there. This man basically would walk in trains and talk to people and get people saved. He was one of the most dynamic persons I ever met. Like, he had the smile, like you would just, you're meeting Jesus, he would just flash his teeth. And he was a ticket collector. He worked for the railways, okay? And he had this, just, and he would disarm you with the love of God. He would just smile, and then he'd say, can I tell you one thing? And then he would share the gospel. Sometimes we have to go from being just takers, 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 to be able to give and release and release. And it's so simple. We had nothing else. We had just this testimony I used to be this. Jesus came into my life. He saved me from a goddess that wanted to kill me. And hey, I just had to give away my life to him.
You see, and this, and people hated that because he's like in a crowded trains. And if you understand the trains in India, it's like they were singing songs in the train, they're banging the metal and, you know, everything. Because it's a long journey. You've got to make everything fun, right? And in that, he's basically just telling people about Jesus. And he's like, yeah. And, and they're singing about the gods and everything in that. What, what is funny is like, put the second picture so, so where I'm going with this, I want you to see, these are all, I just Googled the top 20 destroyers, like ships of, you know, 2020, and all these came up. The first picture I showed you was the pictures of those birds in worship, right? And then all I have is God is saying that your ability as a worshiper is to be like these destroyers. Your worship has the potential to basically, when you release it unto God, you release the worship and the prayer unto God, is to be like these destroyers. Now go to the third picture, put it together. That's your potential. Oh, it could be my life is such in a difficult place. Uh-uh, you're still a destroyer. You can destroy the work of the enemy. Right? Where's Jay? Bang on the enemy. Go destroy the work of the enemy. We are called to destroy the work of the enemy. Doesn't matter. Like as Kirk said, I, you know, of, of everything Kirk prayed in the morning, all one word only stayed with me, siege. I was like, uh-uh, I'm not receiving that siege. We are not in that state of siege. We are an ever-expanding kingdom of God. It's crazy. that I, That's all I remember. I don't know what he said, anything. He just said siege. I was like, ah, oh, I'm not going into a siege. No, I'm not in siege mentality. No, no, no. The, the kingdom of God is ever-expanding, growing, and stepping forward. It's like, you see, we, we basically have to go with that kind of, yeah, the force. I, I don't watch a lot of Star Wars. They try to get me to, but, you know. <laughs> so it's like, I, I, I'll dabble a little bit here and there. <laughs> I know, that game is very weak. <laughs> but, but I want you to see this, Revelations 5, 8, and 10. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints, and they sang a new song. And they said, you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seal. You were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And you have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth." See, our prayers and bowls, you think that whatever we're praying and we're saying is like we're making declarations, it's just, ah, not working. Oh, you'll pray, oh, okay, pray a little more, shout a little louder. No, no, no. Everything is going into a bowl. We're making deposits in heavenly places. That, that's what we are doing. You see, and our prayers are one day going to topple and it's just going to cause everything to change. So don't, don't minimize that what you're praying. Like even if you have to speak in tongues, you create that, right? We just create that. Even if I'm speaking two minutes in tongues, I'm able to change things and be the destroyer of many things. You know what I do? Sometimes when I'm sick, right? I pray for people who are sick. I don't know where they are. More than worrying about myself, I look into that and I just say, God, I'm just releasing what I'm praying right now into wherever these places are, and I start speaking in tongues. I don't care about my body at that point. 
My body becomes like second, it's like secondary. I said, there are more people sick somewhere that need this right now. And I connect into that, that God basically has called me to be as a son. And I step into that. And I don't even worry about my body. This is very funny, right? We, we, we have to have this mentality switch where it's not about us. You see, we have to basically walk into that part of it where we're like, all right, this is about God. You know what is funny? Deuteronomy 32, 30 says, how could one chase a thousand and to put 10,000 to flight? That, you, we, we use this in when we're praying, right? One can chase a thousand, two can chase 10,000. So how many of us are here? We should be able to chase the millions, right? Do we, do we believe that, right? And what is funny is that that scripture says, unless God has sold them and the Lord has delivered them up. See? God fights our battles. He fights our battles. We are just there for the victory. We are just there for the spoils. But we'll still say, it's like we are doing something. One can chase a thousand and two can chase ten thousand. And we pray that with that intensity without fully understanding the scripture. Unless God, unless God has delivered them. And sometimes we are waiting for that moment we're praying, 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 praying. It's like, oh, let all the corruption, let everything be revealed. Right? Unless God, and there's a moment where God knows what has to be done. Our job is to just pray. You see, we have to just be those people who are ready to say, all right, God, what are you saying? Okay, that's all I'm declaring. I'm just connecting with the Spirit of God, and I'm just releasing what God is speaking over us, right? And that's where we are going. Joshua 23, verse 10 to 11. One man of you shall put a flight to a thousand, for it is the Lord your God who fights for you as he promised. Verse 11. This is my favorite part. Therefore, yeah, therefore take careful heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God. We are worried about the battle. We are worried about, oh, I need to look good for battle. You know what's funny? When we come to church, if I ask anybody, how are you doing? I'm like, we're good. Come on, man. At least somebody one day say, I'm not doing well. I feel sick. But we'll basically still put up a front and we'll just say, mm -hmm, I got it. We're good. You see? I'm just saying, I don't know. If it bothers you, you can talk to us later. But, but I, it always like, you know, everybody is good. <laughs> but to me, it's, this is very important because, you know, when we're fighting, it says what you're fighting and, you know, God is fighting for us. And then it says, but be more watchful that your love doesn't go cold. Your love quotient in your life never goes cold. You could be the strongest warrior. You could have all the muscles like Jay and I go bang. But your love quotient cannot grow cold. It cannot diminish. You see, that is what God is worried about. He's not worried about what you are able to do. Because when we are at our weakest, we are at our strongest. Let the weak say we are strong again. Let the poor say we are rich again. There's a song, let the river flow. Yeah, that's Darrell Evans. Yeah, let the river flow. Yeah, 
And, and so this is where I want you to understand in all these things, right? Because we, our prayer, our worship, everything becomes so integral. And then we just suddenly go off on a tangent that we're thinking we're only fighting a battle. In the midst of the battle, I want you to remember this. Be watchful that your love unto God does not become cold. That is your true measure of your warrior status. All these destroyers, you can put the destroyer up. I looked at it, I was like, dang, they're saying, oh, they have helipads, they have these guns, and they have all these how many missiles they can release and all. But in all that, as a destroyer of you know, what God has called you to be and what to win a battle, your love cannot grow cold. Because that is the definition of who you are. God has just put love in your heart. Your love quotient cannot get diminished. You see, we have to basically work out of that place. Be very watchful of yourselves, therefore, to love the Lord your God. It doesn't say to love the things. It doesn't say, you know, anything. Love God. And so when we believe that we are basically making a difference, our worship becomes our prayers. This is where we are constantly. This is where the church is. This is the prophetic church. This is the description of us as a prophetic church, even in the days to come. Our worship will become our prayers. Our worship will become our worships. Our worships will become our worship. And that cycle will continue. Okay, so let's pray. Father, we just come to you this morning, O oh God. Father, we just pray, O oh God, that our uniqueness just shines before you. That we give you even our breath as an offering unto you. And we just say, God, it doesn't matter where we are, you alone are constant. Because you are constant, you are worthy of our love. In this way, you want us to become the warriors and understand who we are as sons. We just choose to love you, that your love will make a difference in our lives, that we will be able to step in and know the high calling of Christ in us, the hope of glory. So, Father, we just thank you for this morning we thank you for this breath that is going to change the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.